things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Hello, hello, hello. hello. How's it going? Uh, you know, same old, same old. It's uh, basically the end of August and uh, we're still here. So, On one hand, it feels like it was so long ago that yeah. we started this, but it also feels like it has taken no time. <laughs> Yeah, it just every day just marches on. I mean, even my dreams, like I had a dream that I had a dream. Like it's like I've entered this like <laughs> meta world where time doesn't matter and I just I can't track it even even subconsciously. So I Big- I honestly just lose track of day, reality, all of it. Big Brother is now on three nights a week, which is amazing. <laughs> but but that means that most of my dreams involve me being on Big Brother and then me waking up and realizing that I'm not on Big Brother and then falling into a depression. Mm. So that's where I've been <laughs> as of late. At least you have that marker. Well, but I do keep thinking, I'm like, okay, if they... So this season's an all-star season, but like obviously they're going to need more content here. And by the looks of things, I don't think that we're going to have a new... Like, like, I don't think things are going to be open for shooting anytime soon, but they mm-hmm. can do Big Brother. So I'm like, maybe they'll do another season sort of like after Christmas or later this fall. I was like, OK, I need to I need to start like thinking about what I'm going to do for my application video. So maybe I can get put on the next <laughs> Corona season. So we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I, I believe in you. One of these days. Someone will pay attention to your application. I yeah, sooner. <laughs> I I just keep thinking Some to myself somewhere. I would be so good at this, and then I've been talking <laughs> to myself. I feel like a lot during uh, coronavirus, so yeah. I don't know what that says about me. But down here, I'm like, I would have such good confessionals. Like, just listen to me <laughs> talking to myself. It's so good. And I mean, Netflix is coming out with all these reality shows. You need to find out where they like post these these calls for for new yeah but like are the netflix shows shows that i'd want to be on you know like i don't want to <laughs> yes, be on a dating show what about the circle you wouldn't wanted you wouldn't oh i would be on the circle. circle i was thinking or about the circle the, the other lava. day well i would i be good at uh, the floor is lava i mean i might be fun to watch but yeah. i would definitely not win um <laughs> But The Circle, I was like, how come they have not announced a new season of that? Because if there was ever a show to shoot in quarantine, it is The Circle. Like, none of those people are near each other. You could get That's 10 true. sick people and put them on the show and yeah. it still wouldn't matter. Yeah. Um. But anyways, we're getting off track. <laughs> we have an email that I was going to start with and then I got sidetracked. Big Brother does that to me. Yeah, it really uh, does. Georgia emailed us and she said, hi, guys. Hope you're doing as non and then poop emoji as possible <laughs> during all the, you know, and then a bunch more emojis that are all sort of Corona theme. But there's one that sort of looks like a popsicle that I'm confused as to <laughs> what exactly it is. And this is coming through email. So it's like the Gmail emojis. Uh, yeah, right. So I'm not sure what it translates to. But anyways, yes, Corona th- themed emojis i left you all a pretty bomb ass review but i think either itunes has swallowed it again i tried to leave it twice or you've missed it because it's not in the u.s apple podcast domain just a heads up because you deserve to see your deep and marked impact across oceans oh my gosh we have people listening to us across the pond we're international oh my gosh 
What a We've treasure. been international for quite some time, Shelby. Well, yeah. There was one week where we had like 100 downloads in Croatia, which yeah, was a big deal. Yeah. Chartable said we were like number 82 on like the... I don't even know, Russian best listened to or something. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, we get these emails every week from this place, Chartable, which I guess tracks like all of the US or all of the world's different like Apple podcast charts. And it will tell us, oh, like you're on Lithuania's uh, like <laughs> music list this week. And it's like, yes. who is listening like, to winning. us? They're like, do they not have podcasts? How are we so high? But. It's, it's listen exciting. To us, listen to us. This is this is why. Yes. Bomb content. Well, I would be good and get it on the ground floor before I get on uh, right. Big Brother and become yeah. really famous. You know. So. I also just looked up the email and I don't see a popsicle emoji. So I think that's like a mailbox, like a mail, like a mail ballot box. <laughs> what? No. Okay. Uh, no. Uh, there's a fireball earth fire germ disease emoji and then there's like a like a box and then there's another fireball and a face palm that's what Um, came through for me okay let me look at these again and figure out which one i think is the popsicle (laughs) that you so wisely know what it is i mean what device are you on are you on some sort of android like a windows i'm just on my computer but it's not a MacBook, so whatever this fir- the first <laughs> emoji is like a blue popsicle. What is that? What? What are you talking about? It's a fireball. That's a fireball. Why isn't it red then? <laughs> Mine is orange. It's a it's a fireball. I guess you just are on Gmail. Sort of... It is blue. It is a blue. <laughs> thing that looks like Lost a popsicle translation yeah i guess we have to there is a fire email. emoji it's like this is not fun for anyone to listen <laughs> to but it's like the popsicle globe fire <laughs> then there's something that looks like a tic tac that i have <laughs> what's that for you i think that's like the that's the germ that oh, looks like a green okay. like a germ like a the coronavirus, germ. and then and then the popsicles again in the back half of this. So it's not a popsicle. I don't know why your computer hates emojis, but for anyone with an Apple product, that's a fireball. Okay, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. Moving on. Anyways, what? Anyways. What? What news do you have for us? Um. Yeah. I guess I just realized all of my news revolves around Netflix. So good on them for keeping the controversies alive. So trendy. Mm-hmm. I know. Um. First of all, the big news this week on film Twitter was Netflix just rolled out the uh the ad campaign for a new movie that's coming out next month. Um, it's a French film called Cuties and it's sort of is meant, it won an award at Sundance. It's meant to sort of explore these tweens and one of them who is trying to figure out how to fit in and like find herself. And it deals a lot with our problem as a society of the over-sexualization of women and especially the sexualization of children and just how children learn to navigate that at such a young age. So it's, it should have been, you know, maybe promoted like along the same lines as eighth grade or mid nineties where you have kind oh, of Oh, mid nineties, yeah. Yeah. You have kind of a serious uh 
straightforward like this is a child it's a movie watch it instead netflix decided to lean in to the sexuality angle and released a very cheery sort of shiny glimmery uh banner and poster that immediately caused uproar because it featured these very young girls like 11 or 12 year old kind of in these twerking positions and tight little dresses like they're like in a dance group and so it's like very sexually sexualized uh photo people saw this and were like you know we live in the age of the wayfair conspiracy and QAnon, and i think people are just up in arms about this this idea of there being some hollywood conspiracy of of child exploitation which maybe there is but they decided they just honed in on this Netflix promotion and was like, you have to cancel this movie. This movie sexualizes children. Like, OMG, this is, this is child, like (laughs) sex trafficking. This is inhumane. Like I'm, I'm canceling Netflix. I'm canceling the movie. I'm canceling the director. It's all, all bad. And Netflix had to roll out an apology and kind of be like, no, this isn't this isn't a pedophilic film. This isn't meant to like, you know, you're not meant to look at this and think, wow, how sexy are these girls? You're meant to be uncomfortable with the fact that they've been sexualized. And that's what a lot of the film explores. So please watch it. But it just was this huge mess. And unfortunately, it dragged the director into it. And so now her big premiere on Netflix to reach a global audience has been tainted by this whole controversy that really started because Netflix just totally botched the uh the sort of introductory image for the film okay let's play a conspiracy theory here a little bit oh, no. do we think that netflix who you know knows their viral marketing campaign did this on purpose to rile people up so that more people would watch the movie <laughs> when it does premiere I don't think so because, frankly, a lot of people did like cancel subscriptions or at well, least cause, call cause for the, it. And people have already seen the movie. Yes, it's been at film festivals, yeah, and people yeah. have liked it there. So presumably, it's not a problem with the movie; it's just a problem with the trailer. Well, the even just the poster, it's just a problem with. Oh, the poster. and the poster. Oh, not it's not even a trailer; it's just a poster. It's just a poster, and people were just like. Oh. The gasp, like this is sexualization. Okay. This is pedophilia. Wow. Like, how dare you? This is obscene. Like you need to take this out, take this down, cancel everyone involved. And even after Netflix issued an apology, people are still in their mentions. They're still in the director's mentions, being like, "This is disgusting. Like you're a child abuser. Like it's." It's a pretty messy world Netflix created, so I don't think it was intentional. It might have been like, oh, well, it's edgy. Let's try it this way. But I don't think they were like, we're going to get so many negative reviews about this that they're all going to hate watch and then it'll get more streams. Like, I think it snowballed out of control in a very uh, unfortunate way. That's wild that all of that happened based just on a poster. I thought when I saw the story, I didn't really pay that much attention, but I thought it was just, I thought it was a trailer, not a It not was a really just the poster that did it. Because I, I mean, once I heard about it, I was like, oh, wow, this is, and I like, I saw it late. So when I went to Netflix to check the poster, it was just two girls making like kissy faces at the camera. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that's not bad. 
But then you see the original poster and you're like, okay, yeah, there's something a little uncomfortable about this. And it isn't like presented like a serious film. Like it looks sort of like a Netflix style, like what was that? Like one a, about to all the boys insatiable? I love before or something. Yeah. Oh, like it, it kind oh, of yeah, felt like something like that mm-hmm. where it was like, we're so edgy and cool. And here's our shiny teen program to prove it. But then you realize like, wait, this is a foreign film that's like won awards and should be marketed as more serious than it is right mm. now. So I think it was just a Netflix fail. I wonder which of the, uh, you know, like weird subject matter that it popped up in. Like, was it like critically acclaimed <laughs> drama or was it like, hot children's there, movies? Yeah, is there a pedophile um, section? Yeah. Uh, uh, possibly weirder, creepier story, although ooh. sort of not at the same time. Uh, Drew Barrymore did an interview this week and they were asking her about her, I believe it's father or grandfather, John Barrymore, who is also an actor. And mm-hmm. I guess after his death, his friends broke into like the crypt where the where his body was uh, buried mm-hmm. and like took the body around town for like one last night of drinking with a corpse. <laughs> and so they were asking Drew Barrymore, like, did this actually happen? And she's like, oh, yeah, this this like that's a real story that actually happened. And I would love it if my friends would do that after I died, <laughs> because, you know, like death is too serious and we need to focus on good things so just like yeah bring my old like sack of bones with you out to the bars and have one more round on me (laughs) and i was just like like what would the what would the circumstances have to be for me to think oh let me get Shelby's corpse and drag it around town with me. Like, you know, it's yeah. so weird. <laughs> Please don't. Yeah, that's an alarming story and tradition. And I I have a lot of questions about it, but it just seems like a very uh, white people thing to do. You know, like it's just. Well, this we was like in time. the 40s or whatever. So, you know. Yeah. This isn't like a modern... Well, I guess, Drew, it's a modern thing, but I don't know if maybe people back then were just hanging out with a body was less weird there i will say this there was a whole plot line on riverdale where one of the characters had like the corpse of her dead brother uh, just like hanging around the house with her like set him a place at dinner sit him there wheel him around in a wheelchair and -hmm. it was very disturbing but eventually she set him adrift in a boat and shot a flaming arrow that you know (laughs) caught the whole thing on fire so it was very poignant at the end wow plot twist is that how you'd want to go or would you prefer a a bar run you know maybe both honestly yeah bring my body around to a couple bars then stick me on the viking ship and set me ablaze mostly i would love to watch you try to uh shoot the boat with a flaming arrow and see how (laughs) how long we were out there before it actually uh got anywhere near the ship that's fair that's a fair concern it it might be a while i don't have great hand-eye coordination or strength so i don't know if that would really work well probably not yeah sorry (laughs) but i'll do my best uh just uh write that into your will and i'll uh, i'll figure it out okay i'll leave you all of my twelve (laughs) dollars that i'll have left at the end of my life perfect thank you um i don't remember if you watched either of these shows but back to netflix they canceled the society 
and I am not okay with this, which are their two sort of original content teen shows. Um, the society was renewed for a second season. It's the one about a group of teenagers who wake up and realize all the adults are gone and they're sort of like stuck in this world they can't get out of like all the roads are closed and there's something weird mythical going on and they try to like survive and build this society and I really liked it it was so good and interesting and it ended on sort of a cliffhanger and so it was immediately renewed and everyone was very excited and then I am not okay with this had like a lot of queer representation and um and diversity and so people were excited to hear if it would be renewed and it seems like it would after some good reviews but Netflix just cited the coronavirus as a reason for canceling the two and I think it's probably because they're not going to be teenagers anymore like it's like too hard to commit the casts for an indefinite period or something you know you gotta again look to Riverdale on this one. It does not matter how old those cast members are. You can always play a teenager, and that is something that Riverdale has taught me. And worst case scenario, you just bump the plot line, you know, like five years, years down, right? and say, "Oh, they're after college now, and <laughs> yeah. they're still old for the roles." I wish. I mean, it is sort of interesting to think of what shows, because you know we're almost a year into this. Like twenty twenty is almost over. Like. What are networks going to do? Are they going to scrap old shows, start new ones, like move towards Corona content? Or I don't know. It just seems like we're already seeing decisions that are being made, not just because of timing, but because of, okay, well, COVID has shifted the conversation. Like, what do we do next? Well, I mean, I think I would prefer shows not to do stuff that's COVID related, but <laughs> I know that both Grey's Anatomy and This Is Us have said that their next seasons will be Corona themed seasons, <laughs> you know, so. So fun. Aren't you looking forward to that? Just reliving oh, can't this wait. year. Can't yeah. wait. Uh, yeah. Such a blast. <laughs> oh, um yes. This is probably, we're deep enough into the podcast that I can share my shameful secret that I did go to the movie theaters <gasps> last weekend oh, down yes. here in Florida. Oh, my goodness. Do tell. Um, to share my story first, <laughs> yeah. I, so this I'm down here space. in Florida, yes, with, and I'm quarantining mostly with my, I'm by myself in the house, but then I see my aunt, uncle, and two cousins fairly regularly. And so the only people I felt like I would be giving anything to would be them. And <laughs> none of them are taking this nearly as seriously as I am. You know, like they're <laughs> going to work, they're going to school, they're doing all kinds of stuff. Um, mm. They're all like, nah, do we like masks? Do we not like masks? You know, sort of depends on the day with them. Um, so I was like, I owe it to the podcast to sort of investigate the situation, <laughs> see what's going on in a the theater. And also I wanted popcorn. So I bought a ticket to the very first screening that they had available to see the movie Unforgiven, which is a Clint Eastwood movie. Mm. It was the only thing that, uh, that I had not seen before that was coming out. That wasn't one of the like new weird movies that they're releasing. And then also Eastwood and I love Clint Eastwood. (laughs) And then also it was, I figured that there would, that that would not be a movie that a lot of people would be scrambling (laughs) to go see, which I was correct. It was me and one other person in the entire theater and going to see it. I mean, the thing felt like fairly safe to me, but I think it mostly felt safe because of how few people were there. Like all of the movies, you know, 
sort of started around one o'clock and I went, there was maybe like seven people there that I saw the entire time. And this is for, you know, 12 theaters or whatever. So, I mean, it felt fairly safe then. I do think though, that if I was going to see something like Tenet and there was a lot more people, I would feel a lot more uncomfortable during it. And like, I kept my mask on during the whole show when I wasn't eating popcorn, which like, let's be honest, I finished off in about five (laughs) minutes. So, so I was doing that, but I went to the bathroom at one point in the middle of it. And I saw that the other guy who was not eating anything had taken his mask off. And like, how are they really, I don't know if, they would be policing that more if there was more people or not or what the situation is. And also, if you're sitting there, like, with a drink, you can always say, like, oh, well, I was about mm-hmm. to drink this if somebody right. comes up and says, like, you're not wearing your mask, sir. So it was sort of a surreal experience, though, to be back in this theater that was basically empty. And I was looking at the numbers to see, are a lot of people doing this or not very many people doing this? And Unhinged, which is a Russell Crowe movie, (laughs) which was sort of like the biggest thing that they had, uh, only made $5 million across the whole U.S., which is not very much considering the... It was basically in every theater and it had no competition from anything that's come out recently. So I don't know. It was an interesting uh, experience. I'm not sure when... Like when I'll be back to see something, if I'll be back to see something, I'll probably see Tenet. But I think that for me, it's going to mostly be about like, okay, let me look at the app beforehand, see like and try to find the showing that is at the weirdest time the least number of people are going to. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a weird time. Every every time I go out, it's a gamble. I mean, that's the thing is I... I went to Ikea the other day and they were like, oh, yeah, we do social distancing. Oh, yeah, masks are required. But it's like it was the busiest place I've been in all year, basically. Oh, yeah. It was a madhouse. And yes, everyone was wearing masks. But I was like, this cannot be safe. This cannot be sanitary, especially somewhere like Ikea where everyone's touching everything and everyone's like trying everything out, sitting everywhere. And it just feels so weird to be around crowds right now. But Mm -hmm. I was like, this this is way busier than a movie theater. Like I was like, maybe I should go, maybe I should go check out the new mutants. I don't know. But then I don't want to inspire bad behavior. Just such a mental journey, you know? Yeah. And it's like movie theaters have so much less interaction than other things. So you think like, okay, well maybe that's a positive. Cause you know, like, nobody's touching the same stuff really but then at the same time you have i'm like comparing it to other things and thinking well but you're sitting there for a lot longer (laughs) so if the coronavirus is like being filtered in the or you know Uh... spread through the air conditioning system or whatever which i don't know if that's a then are you more likely to get it It, there's just so many questions i know we need to have like a CDC expert come on our show and tell us. But did they know? Because like supposedly (laughs) these movie theaters have been vetted by (laughs) top experts. I was talking with some of my friends who are in New York and they Mm -hmm. were like, Oh yeah, I still haven't been to a grocery store. I still haven't got my own groceries. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is that's like, that's a long time to have still been in that strict of a quarantine. Mm -hmm. But there are people who are doing that. And then I'm talking to other friends and they're like, (laughs) Oh yeah, I've been to multiple weddings. And like, they said that we were supposed to wear a mask at the wedding, but like, and I wore it for some of it, but I didn't wear it for the rest of it. It's just such (laughs) a wild west in the different perspective 
perspectives of people that I I'm never <sighs> sure like what is too much what is too little like what should I be doing yeah. what shouldn't I be doing but I feel very confident that I did not contract or give <laughs> coronavirus to anyone during the 1 p.m. Thursday showing of uh, Unforgiven a yeah, movie that I mean, came I out guess in 1992 I'll just wait and see, like how how the audience reacts to you and if you're like canceled and oh, yes. then I'll mm-hmm. figure out well if I if I should go through with it or not. You take the fall, I'll follow. <laughs> I think it's also very safe to say that the new mutant screenings will not be busy. <laughs> I don't know. The movie's been hyped that much. I mean, that's what's wild to me too is uh yeah, Disney has made a surprising push for Mulan to come straight to uh Disney Plus uh for a fee video on demand, I guess. And that's strange that such a huge movie was pushed to streaming, but something like the new mutants still clings to a theater chance. Um, which I guess we never talked about, but are you going to shell out $30 to watch uh, Mulan? Matt? Are you going to? Well, um, I'm assuming that we'll be covering Mulan for the podcast, so I'll have to see it some way or another. Um, the, I think with Disney though, they mean they're a, they're a company full of smart people. I'm sure that they looked at the numbers and were like, okay, if theaters aren't open in certain places and what's the likelihood that someone's going to go and how much money are we going to make off these ticket sales versus how many new people can we get to sign up for Disney plus? And mm-hmm. if they have to pay $30 to see this, like what, yeah. how, how does that work? And I think especially for something like Disney plus or like Mulan, which is a family movie, you could see that a family renting it for $30 on Disney plus would actually be less money than if you took five people to the movie theater to see yeah. it. So, I mean, I guess it must make sense for them in some way, shape or form, but it is very strange. I don't know. It's kind of disappointing that that, and I think antebellum were, was also pushed to VOD. It's like, why not the Jungle Cruise? You know, like why not a movie that's not uh, about <laughs> you know. When was the Jungle women? Cruise supposed to come out? This summer they pushed it. They already gave it a date for next summer. Like I was going to say, I have school. not heard about that movie in a long time, so it must <laughs> yeah. not be like in the ether of things to come yeah. out. No, they rescheduled it for twenty one. I mean, I think that both Mulan and um, Antebellum, though, got those streaming release dates like immediately after Tenet was bumped the last time. And they said, "Okay, well, it's going to come out Labor Day, but maybe not. But it's going to be abroad or whatever. And then and, and so I think rightly they thought, look. All these movies have been pushed back so many times. We're not going to have theaters open this year. And then for whatever reason, theaters this time were just like, well, you know, we've pushed it back enough. Things are coming out. So and now they are. So maybe they're regretting that decision. Although, I don't know, five million dollars for Unhinged does not seem like the, uh, you know, payout that they'd be looking for. I mean, good for us, too, because it means we get to watch Mulan without uh, without going to the theater. So. It's yes, a win-win without for, the guilt. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, all of us. But speaking of good content that is currently available, do you have a love it or hate it? Oh, do I ever? Do I ever, Shelby? I watched the Netflix film Work It 
uh, this past <laughs> week. Have you seen this? No, but you told me about it. And I, I mean, it did look fun, I guess. <laughs> yes. So I, it's, it's, uh, it's sort of like a, I don't know, like, it's, like it's sort up, of like right? a pitch perfect yeah or like a step up or a bring it on kind of a thing where it stars sabrina carpenter who you may remember as the racist from the hate you give and oh. also liza kashi <laughs> who is sort of like a youtuber and jordan fisher who was in yes. hamilton and some other things anyways hamilton. It all- yeah he well not the original oh, i saw him when i saw cast. hamilton he yeah. was in it yes I mean, he's definitely in. He's in. He's in the second. Um, all the uh, all oh, the boys oh, to oh, all the yeah, boys yeah, I yeah. love before. That's it. That's it. That's where he. Yeah, he had a earring. I yeah, think he was in the ill fated <laughs> live rent where the guy broke his leg in the dress rehearsal, and then they basically couldn't do it, <laughs> and so they aired like an old version of it. Anyways, the plot of this ludicrous movie which is only which is on netflix and is only 90 minutes so just like the perfect combination is that sabrina carpenter's character is like a straight laced uh perfect student who is applying to go to duke and she has a meeting with the admissions counselor who is also the host of the tv show the circle (laughs) and the admissions counselor is like you have great grades and you play the cello and you volunteer at a nursing home and all of this good stuff but you know we're not really looking for that everybody has that we want something that's more exciting and so sabrina carpenter lies and says that she's a part of the school's dance team which is very exciting for the admissions counselor. And she's like, wow, I'm actually going to their performance in like four months. If I see you there and you're really good, then you can get into Duke, which is definitely not how any college admissions has ever worked. <laughs> and then the two of them spend the rest of the movie sort of emailing back and forth. Like I'm prepping for the dance thing. Can't wait for the dance thing. Like maybe you'll get in if you do a good enough job. And so Sabrina Carpenter then, who is not a dancer, has to sort of put a dance team together for this competition that involves all of the random like misfits of the school. And so there's a bunch of fun dance numbers. It's kind of fun and entertaining. Uh, there, It's funny. There's some weird, you know, plot holes. But the thing that truly sold it to me is there is a moment in this movie that is unlike anything I have ever witnessed on film where their bad dance team is qualifying for like the regionals or whatever and it comes down to them and one other team and you know that the other team who is better than them is going to have to get disqualified or something because just the way movies work like you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Sabrina Carpenter's team is obviously going to get moved on because you're only like a half an hour in and so you think oh someone's going to get disqualified someone's going to be you know uh, too old or whatever and the reason for why the good team gets qualified or disqualified is is the well, I'm not going to say it, but it oh, is the okay. wildest thing that I have ever seen, especially based on the fact that this is a movie featuring high schoolers and <laughs> everyone just really owes it to themselves to go watch it because I was sitting wow. there with my cousins and audibly gasped and was like, <gasps> what? When this happened. So if that's wow. not a selling point, I don't what know what tease. is. Yeah, that is. I mean, I have to watch it now. I don't think you've ever convinced me to watch something. As much as you have. And also, moment. it's on Netflix. It's only 90 minutes. It's a fun time. And yeah. compared to 
Netflix's other movies that are in this space, I think that this is fun and light and frothy and really does not even have that much plot to it. It's just a mm, lot of sort mm-hmm. of like dance montages, which are fun to watch. <laughs> Well, good. And then um, if you're looking for something more substantive, I guess, uh, Lovecraft Country on HBO just premiered. (gasps) Yes. And it is so my jam. I'm obsessed with it. I haven't watched episode two yet. Oh, yeah, neither have I. it's really just the premiere Mm -hmm. that I'm going off of. But it was such a great piece of television, even just that first episode. This is the one that's... um, been all over it's pitched as the jj abrams and jordan peele co-produced uh sort of horror fantasy sort of uh show where it's based on a novel that came out a few years ago um that sort of explores the conjunction between the fiction of noted racist hp lovecraft and also how racism exists in the u.s and also the author of the book's name is Matt Ruff, which oh, is just yeah. rude. <laughs> I was like, rude to almost steal my name. Yeah. <laughs> so, but in another way, it's it's honoring you. You have such a path that's been, yes. that's been yes. built for you. Just one letter off. He changed his name just to yeah. be close to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's about, um, uh, it takes place in the 1950s, Jim Crow America, and this a young black man is on a journey to find his missing father. And so it stars um, Journey Smollett, who is from Friday Night Lights, if you want to go all the way back. But and most Birds recently, of Prey. Yeah, most recently Birds of Prey, Underground. And then Jonathan Majors is the main character, and we last saw him in Five Bloods. And he he's so good in this. Everyone's so good in this. It's such a delight to watch just like, good television again that's been so well crafted and like everything from production to set to acting to score is just so great here and then on top of that you just have the energy that you're used to with a J.J. Abrams or Jordan Peele feature where it's just like that tension that builds and there's anxiety and like a lot of this is you know it builds towards this whole like wow there's actually monsters you deal with in this show which is kind of like the plot twist and and the and the pitch of it all but the most scary thing about this is the Jim Crow era America and just these white people these characters are forced to interact with and deal with and it is just some of the most tense television I've watched and I just I loved it I think it's so good and I'm so excited to see how it plays out and I think everyone should give it a chance just because it feels so different and fresh but also timely and important and just like uh, just perfection yeah i watched the first episode too and it was very good and it's the perfect mix of jordan peele where it's timely and it's scary and it's addressing these important issues but then also jj abrams where there's like a sci-fi feel Mm -hmm. to it there's monsters and you can imagine that as you move on through it that there'll be sort of more of a mythology that's there like something from lost or super eight um or cloverfield so i'm very into this and i'm very excited I know it was a good it was a good week for television just to remember like oh yeah there's good content. <laughs> so there you go. I mean two perfect yeah. <laughs> things for you to watch. Work exactly. it 
<laughs> and Lovecraft Country, depending on the mood. Watch them back yeah. to back. Watch Lovecraft Country and then watch Work It so that you can go to bed without being <laughs> uh, terrified. Although there are some terrifying moments in Work It as well. Oh, so. wow. Yeah, another tease. We just have to watch mm-hmm. Work It, really figure out what this is about. You, uh, yes. And I don't think I'm overselling <laughs> it. I I okay. think that. I think that it's just as wild. Uh, We'll be back on Thursday with a new episode. We are discussing the freeform original show, Love in the Time of Corona, which was written and shot during coronavirus and it features coronavirus, but in a romantic freeform-esque way. (laughs) And as you can imagine, it's not something that you necessarily need to watch, but I think will be something that is fun to talk about. So yeah, hopefully you all listen content. around for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. We're at PSU wrong on Instagram and Twitter. We have a Gmail account where you can send us a slew of emojis that will come through incorrectly <laughs> for me uh, at PSU wrong at gmail.com. Leave us a review. We would love that. And we'll see you on Thursday. Bye. Bye.